Welcome to Delera Talks, the business English communication podcast for non-native professionals. My name is Paula, and I am co-hosting this show with Simon. In this podcast, we're going to be covering communication advice and tips to help express yourself with confidence in English and professional settings. So we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talera Talks. My name is Simon. I hope wherever you are, as always, you are having a great day. Paula, are you having a great day? I am having a great day. Yeah, it's sunny here in Valencia. It's pretty hot, and that always makes me happy. So yeah, Lovely. and it's Friday. It is Friday, so it's Friday. I know the topic we have for today. I'm not sure if it matches the Friday mood, but we'll, we'll yeah. try our best. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I think uh, I don't know. This is one of those ones where where maybe you you want to push it to next week, almost like this type <laughs> of topic, because because usually on Fridays people are pretty happy they're pretty you know pumped up for the weekend and uh yeah i know what you mean we'll I find the silver lining though there we'll you find go the there you go we'll find the silver lining well okay so what so before we jump into it though we're i i want to give a kind of get a quick update on how things are going with our hr month yeah so our hr culture month this event that we talked about for hr managers for lnd professionals is going very well we've had over a thousand people coming to you know subscribing for our events and it's really exciting we're partnering with life labs learning for um, a workshop on uh, how to create a learning culture and we have you know so many other great speakers um yeah and you're part of it as well you're doing awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, no, no. It is. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. And, and I think what's cool about it is we're all learning so much, you know, like the speakers that we've invited and that we talked to, they're all so knowledgeable. I mean, we had the former COO of Thomson Reuters, two former COOs, actually. And uh, and yeah, it's just uh, it's really cool. And, and kind of the events that we're doing I'm, I'm learning a ton so it's um yeah it's always good as as we say we always keep learning um and today what are we learning about so today we're going to touch on conflict and how we can deal with it from a communication perspective which is you know what we do best yeah yeah conflict in the workplace and that's i mean like we said, this isn't one of those topics we like to <laughs> maybe touch on on a Friday because nobody wants to get into conflict on a Friday. But I mean, we were looking at some of the statistics and it's crazy. Uh, there was a study done where they said $359 billion wasted in paid hours each year in the US, just in the US wow. because of workplace. Yeah, because of workplace conflict. And that's like along with that 85% or more of employees deal with conflict on some type of level. So this is something that's just like an everyday kind of, uh, yeah, an everyday challenge, I guess, almost for, for, for many companies. I, but there's, there's so many different types. Like when we talk about conflict, what are we talking about? Yeah, so conflict can mean many different things. I think that the one that first comes to mind is a relationship conflict. You know, when you have this type of, um, it, it can be related to work, but it happens between between people at work, right. and perhaps they there's some personality clashes, 
cultures, like different cultural differences also come into place as well. And, um, you know, they, they, they may not get along and it happens in life, but it, of right. course, it, it also happens at work. So that's the one right. that comes to and mind. That's, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. I mean, that's the most dangerous, right? That's kind of the one that will blow up in your face almost. Um, and something you, you always want to watch for because there are real, you know, feelings involved and, and identity and emotions that are really involved there. Um, but then there's also other types of conflict, right? There's process conflict, which tells us a little bit about how things get done, right? If I like, if I like things done in this way, but you think they need to be done in a different way, that's process conflict, right? So, and I think that's actually more common than we think mm -hmm. is it's like, okay, wh why would we do that first? Right. Why wouldn't we just do, why wouldn't we do it like this? You know, and we're talking about the process of how we do that. Um, and then there, there's task conflict. So yeah. What is, what is task conflict? Task oh, you want me to tell you about task conflict? I want sure. you to tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So this is more related to uh, the content and, and outcomes of the work we do. So we talked about the relationships. That's when we talk about more like personalities and uh, the way we see life and our beliefs and, and hobbies and social um, components. The one you mentioned was um, process conflict, and that's how work gets done. If we delegate, if we not, if we don't, processes, methods, procedures. But here, this one is about exactly that. Like, what is uh, so task conflict? What is the best way to solve a task? And there, you can see a lot of disagreements. Like, you think people would do it one way and the other. Uh, yeah. You know, especially happens, I, I guess, within the same team. Yeah. And, and, and there we're also focusing more on outcome, right? It's more like, um, it's like, okay, what's, what's the way to achieve this, this specific outcome, right? And then you can have a, a conflict regarding that. So yeah, there's, it, it can, they can get a little bit blurry, right? Um, but we know definitely kind of relationship conflict is the one that really sticks out to most people. Um, but when we're talking about conflict, is conflict always negative? I mean, I think this kind of depends a lot on culture, upbringing, like, you know, I think probably for me, I was for a long time thought that I thought that maybe conflict was just something that we should always try to avoid. We should, we shouldn't, conflict isn't good. But then the further I got into maybe more, creative uh work with with people like uh, like for example like you and i if we're working on something and we have creative differences like that's a conflict right um but it's not necessarily negative i agree i agree i think it's good to be able to voice your opinions and share your ideas and disagree if you just don't agree uh, so yeah, it does foster creativity i totally agree um i think it's also good because it it allows you to see if some things are unclear at work. Yeah. Like it can, it can signal unclear gui guidelines and it's a moment for, for you and for management to reflect on, okay, how can we do this better? Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's something that I think about all the time because being in HR, that's just like, that's my life is, is 
you know, are, are the, is what we're communicating clear, right? And, and a lot of times conflict arises because there is some type of lack of clarity, you know, because mm-hmm. what this person understood is different from what this other person understood. And then you have some type of conflict. Um, and so that comes down to clarity, right? So, so again, there's situations where in my experience, some type of conflict has helped with this because then we think, okay, this is a situation we never thought of and we weren't necessarily prepared for, but now it's brought up this issue that we can solve for going forward, right? Yeah. Um, And it also allows you to look deeper into the issues that you may have. Like if there was a conflict about it, then that's a good enough reason for you to actually um, take a more in-depth look at at what's happening and I think the last one and I I find I see this not only at work but also outside you know in my personal life and when you see that some people are in conflict more often than others sometimes it is because there's something wrong and that is not being discussed so perhaps they feel underappreciated and that's their way of standing out it's yeah. not great, but it does happen. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that can happen for, like we said, many reasons. Um, and it could be that this is just how this person feels they need to communicate to, to communicate this point, this need, right? Um, that, hey, I have this need that I feel underappreciated. And this is how I, I need to communicate it by, you know, really pushing that in, in, in some type of way. Um, but ultimately the, I, I think probably the goal is to get to the same point is to, you know, and everybody wants that. So, so again, sometimes you need a little bit of a fire to help the soil grow and, and to make <laughs> love things that. better. Right. So, um, you know, that's kind of, I think natural in, in many ways. Um, but still, you know, there are ways and, and what we'll talk about today are there are there are ways to navigate this and to to facilitate it in a way to where you get to these good outcomes, you know, one way or the other. And we'll talk about those um, from these these different, you know, types of conflict that we've talked about I, in your experience. I mean, have you been in different conflicts in the, in the workplace? Um, I wouldn't say I have for sure, but it's been more of like a disagreement in, in how we do things. So it's been more of a, I guess, a task or a process mm-hmm. kind of conflict. I haven't had really relationship conflicts at work. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been more like I, I thought things had to be done one way and the other person thought that they had to be done um, differently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What about and you? That- well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's probably really similar for me. Um, I've never, I've never had a relationship conflict in work. Not that I, yeah, not that I can think. Um, yeah, no, no, no relationship conflict. Um, I've definitely like disagreed process or task based. Um, but again, that can be seen as more constructive or destructive, right? And if, if we think about like, what is what are some types of destructive conflict, that would be more like, yeah, a lot of antagonistic, a lot of, uh, you know, feelings, a lot of uh, emotion. If, you know, is there, do we want to find a solution or is it just, 
focusing on on anger and fear and and you know so so there's most of the conflict that I've been in has been always ended constructively. Um, so you know I think that's that's probably a good thing. I think most of the people on on Talera's team, actually, I think all all of the people on Talera's team uh, fall into this same boat of of you know this kind of constructive conflict model that you know if we mm-hmm. do have some type of conflict, we work it out and and it comes for the better. So so that's yeah, that's good. Um, some before we jump into these our three step strategy, some quick tips for resolving like a, a misunderstanding, right? Because we're talking about these different types of conflict, but if there is just a small misunderstanding, what would you think are some just initial tips and how you should approach that? So I actually stole these from the webinar you hosted. We're hosting it again soon. I, I thought they were great on, you know, how to resolve conflict. So there's three very quick but very effective tips. And I 100% agree with you. The first one is nip it in the butt. So um, when when there is conflict, sometimes it it is not because of what the people voice or what the people say it is. So try to find the actual origin of that Um of that misunderstanding. Why did it happen? What are the underlying reasons? Mm-hmm. And, and try to really identify it as early as possible yeah. before it develops into something else. Right. So yeah, uh, try to tackle it as quickly as possible and, and try to really understand what are those underlying reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, timing is very important try to find the right moment. As we said, one in terms of as quickly as possible, but also be mindful of the other person's day and whether they prefer to discuss things. So they're fresh in the morning, try to discuss that with them in the morning. If they're super tired like me in the afternoon, then please don't come to me with like super big deal because yeah. I'm not going to be ready to actually, yeah. you know, be my best self. So you did say that after lunch is better than right before and I do agree, like a full stomach always helps uh, people get better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Higher blood sugar is uh, definitely, you know, there's a great expression, hangry, right? Which is hungry oh, yeah. and angry together, hangry. You don't want to have some type of conflict resolution when people are hangry. Definitely not. Um, and agree. then also there's setting, right? Like, so how, when you have this conversation, where do you have it? How do you have it? Well, in general, the more real and human it can feel, the better. Yeah. Um, so if you can if you can meet face to face, then great. Um, if it has to be, you know, on a video call, then then great. But do treat it like a real conversation. Um, I guess here it depends on how people like to do things, but yeah, treating it as human as possible is usually best. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So we have nip it in the bud, which is like literally handle it as fast as possible. Uh, the timing, think about when you're doing this and then the setting, right? Think about, yeah, where you're having this conversation, treat it like a real human conversation. Um, so those are just those initial quick tips. Now we're getting into the three-step strategy that we have kind of put together for dealing with conflict in English, right? So this is, if English is not your, your first language, but Again, you can use this. I think it it kind of is universal almost, right? And our three points are active listening, number one, making your point, 
and then collaborating. So it's almost like this model of we need to listen first, right? Take in and, and really have that active listening approach. Then we come in and how do we make our points in a way that isn't negative or rude? And then how do we transition this into a way that we're working together to go forward, right? So we want to create this kind of constructive uh, conflict resolution model, right? So for active listening, let's start there. Let's start with active listening. How do we do this? This is something we've talked about a lot and we've talked about the importance of listening as a skill. How do we do this when it comes to conflict resolution? And what you just said is, is I love this framework, you know, that the active listening, making your point, collaborating uh, and always being con constructive. But yes, it every everything starts with active listening. There's this webinar we just hosted on effective communication. And one of the things that we said that was most important is be a good listener. Without that, you cannot be an effective communicator. So for active listening, um, you, you taught us about the RASA technique. I love it. And if you could walk us through it. I think yeah. it's such a good technique. Yeah. And actually my, <laughs> this, I, this came from my dad actually, because I, I asked him and he's also in the, in the ESL field. And I asked him, you know, I need some good listening, uh, some good listening kind of uh, trainings or, or, or something to use. And he brought this to me straight away. He said, use the Rasa technique. He's been using it for years. It's a technique uh, developed by a man named Julian treasure. And it's, really it's really effective because a lot of times when we're listening we just we're not saying anything and we're just kind of thinking our own thoughts in our head like preparing for what we're gonna say we're not uh verbalizing their thoughts and so we're not really taking in what their points are what the other person's points are and this rasa technique is Number one, the R, the first R is receive, right? So we need to receive the message from the from the other person. And how do we do that? Well, we're standing. It's about our our body posture, right? How what's what's the expression on our face? What are we, you know, how are we receiving this? Are we receiving it in an open manner or are we receiving it, you know, with uh, a bad look on our face and, and and kind of, you know, away with our body language? then it's appreciate, right? So with appreciate, we can use small, very small sounds to show that we're listening and to show that we're considering and actually that appreciating what they're saying. So we can use sounds like, hmm, okay, hmm, right? So even these small sounds, that signals to the other person that, wow, okay, Simon is is appreciating what I'm saying. He's taking it in. He's listening. Then we want to summarize what they're saying, right? So after appreciating, we're thinking about that. So you feel like, or so what you're saying is, and then we're summarizing it in our own words. And then we're asking, is that right? Or is is kind of, is that the, the right line? Or is that what you meant? And what that's doing is that's making the person feel understood, listened to, and a part of the conversation. Um, and for you, it's giving you a chance to take in that thought, right? So if we tried it right now, um, Paula, tell me a little bit about your Friday today. 
Um, well, it's been it's been really hard because I had a lot of uh, new tasks added to my plate, and I, you know, it's not what I was expecting. Mm. But um, okay, so it sounds like you weren't necessarily prepared for all of these tasks to come in. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, hmm. I mean, how are you? How are you handling that? Well, I had to prioritize again and reassess the situation and um, yeah, it worked out. It worked out. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of on track and you're on top of it, right? Yeah, exactly. It, uh, mostly, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there though. And I think it's such a great technique and you always explain it so well. Uh, so let me see if I remember. One was uh, receive. So take it all in and truly listen to what the other person's saying appreciate. And that's where you do like the small. Mm -hmm, okay. Um, I have a question there. Could you also use something like, Oh, I see your point. Is that something you could say there? Yeah. But, but, but also think about the message that you're communicating with that, right. Is, mm -hmm. is I think, think about when you use that, if, if you do actually see their point, then yeah, go for it. But if you don't agree, because I see your point can signal okay, I agree with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas, hmm, okay, shows that I'm just appreciating, I'm understanding you. Um, so just, you can use, I see your point, but also think about the context, right? Thinking mm -hmm. about the context, for me, if someone says, I see your point, a lot of times they can signal that I agree with you, right? So, so it can be confusing. Yeah, just be, just, just, yeah, consider that, right? Yeah, consider Perfect. That. Yeah. Then summarize. I love that. I think that's one of the most fundamental speaking uh, skills that one can have, like summarizing your point really helps you get closer together to other people, make your point across and, and you know, right. it's great. So I love that. And then asking is making it inclusive and, and you're, you have that mentality of we're collaborating here, we're finding, we're right. looking for um, a solution together. Um, and I also really, really like what you said about tone and body language, because what you just said of the, mm -hmm, okay, yeah, that can also be taken the wrong way if your body language <laughs> yeah. and tone are very aggressive. Right. So we always say how the rising intonation tends to be friendlier, don't cross your arms and in general, have a more open body posture. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like the way you said, hmm, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, like that. Scary. <laughs> that thing, yeah, that's a little bit intense, right? So yeah, think about, think about the tone there. Um, and then when we're asking, you know, there's some different ways to say it like, hmm, okay. Can you clarify that for me? And think about the tone, right? Can you clarify that for me? Um, okay. So when you said this, what did you mean? what did you mean? Right? So I'm not saying what did you mean? It's what did you mean? Right? I'm going up with my intonation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and those are some good ways, some some kind of key points. And, and so this is a great first step for listening. And you're there, you're really getting the person to kind of dig in and, and go through their points. And when you're summarizing, you're actually giving their words back to them, right? You're not trying to, you're not trying to add in uh, messaging or, or things like that. You're trying to give their words back to them so that they can see how it's interpreted. And a lot of times, even just using this technique and giving a person's words back to them will help them understand that, okay, maybe they're 
not in the exact right way of, uh, of mind with this. Mm-hmm. With this concept, right? And to that, I would love to add, because there's many ways to summarize. And I wonder if you agree, we haven't talked about this, but I think it's great to just focus on the facts and in the behavior and leave out the judgment in assumptions about a person. So if the other person said to you, you're so unprofessional and you were late three times in a row, the way you can summarize that would be, okay, why don't you leave out the unprofessional part and you just focus on, okay, what was the issue that they were complaining about the specific situation? So you then just stick to the, okay, the person was late three times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. We want, we want to, when we're using conflict, we want to, we want to find the most objective points possible, which is usually numbers, because then we can create a common ground, which comes to our, our, our next point, right. Around making your point. So we've started with the act of listening and, and the person feels hopefully at this point understood, they feel that at least you're taking in their points. Um, but, but now of course it takes two to tango, right? We need mm-hmm. to make our point. And, and one of the best ways to do that is like you said, use common ground and use something objective like numbers, right? Um, you can either do that or something you both agree on, right? So, okay. So can we agree that, you know, it's not good to be late? Yes. We can both agree that it's not good to be late. Um, mm-hmm. you know, can we agree that it's, not the best to have a lot of uh, tasks dropped on you, you know, on a Friday. Yes, we can both agree on that, right? It's a common ground. And there we want to build up, you know, to, to kind of put in our point of view, right? And so we're going back to those objective points. How do you build up from the common ground? We want to do what after that? Yeah, so we've we've tried to find common ground. Here, I've, I've taught this to students and they tell me, but what if there's no common ground? Well, there's always common ground because you're there, you're having a conflict. So at least you both want to figure that out. Yeah. So point it out. It seems that these meetings are not working the way we both expected. Boom, that's common yeah, ground. That's common ground. Let's find a way to do that. All right. It so seems, the, it seems that we both want to figure this out, right? Yes, that's common. You know, so even those it. exactly right, even those points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then the objective points are, as you said, try to look for numbers, try to look for actions and behavior and, and facts and leave out all the in general adjectives are not a great choice of words when it comes to conflict. So instead of saying um, angry, irresponsible, uh, unprofessional, um, harsh, rude, that even if you think, if even if that's what you think, it's much better to just focus on, um, on the facts. Yeah. So exactly that. Try to find examples and numbers. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Can we agree, Paula, that yeah, it's not it's not good to have a lot of a lot of uh, tasks just dropped on you on a Friday, right? We can agree <laughs> on that. Oh yeah, yeah, we can. Okay, but I do want to you know just make a point that I mean the those two specific tasks that I handed you for today, I mean those were those were big projects that we were both working on and and that do need to be done you know by early next week, right? And so mm-hmm. okay. So, those are like objective points, right? Those are two big tasks that we discussed about. 
and we both agree it is objective that they need to be done by early next week right yes so so, so we're we're framing we're making our point and we're we're asking if if they agree with that right and, mm-hmm. and that's an objective point that they can agree on yeah and to the objective points part so for making your point um we first said find common ground now you know state your objective points um before we we go to the third step i would like to point out something that we also talked about on our webinar um last week that was about the power of the word because Mm. And just giving people the reason why that is not working is also extremely powerful. So, for example, you just handed uh, these two new tasks to me on a Friday, but you're also justifying it saying because the client, you know, or because the project is finishing on Monday or because the event is on Tuesday. So we need to have everything prepared by then. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And 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 that is the the reason i'm not i'm not saying this to you because i don't like you because i want you to be super busy on a friday <laughs> uh i want to ruin your weekend you know i'm not saying you i'm giving you a reason right um and then from there we can build with something inclusive and positive so our three steps to making our point is common ground we want objective points and then we want to to build something inclusive and positive and there what are the two words or the two words that we really want to use or the two phrases? So those are, can we, mm-hmm. and let's. Yeah. And mm-hmm. why, why is that so much better than I or you? <laughs> well, you're putting people on the, you're, you're, that you're showing that you're both in the same boat. You right. know, it's, it's, as you said, it takes two to tangle, to tango. It's, it's, um, it's a collaboration. We're both chipping in. So we're both going to make sure that this works. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I think here when we're using this kind of inclusive and positive, it comes right after we've, or right after I've given those objective points, like, okay, but you know, the, the client has really needs these projects to be done by early next week. Can we look at some solutions for how we can figure this out mm-hmm. or let's, let's think about some ways that we can make this work for everyone. Right. And so there I'm, we're in the same boat. It's a, it's a, we, it's not, you should probably figure out how to, how to get this done. That's, that's not very uh, collaborative. Um, And just using that phrase, you know, can we find a way to make this work for everyone or let's, so let's figure this out. Um, Mm -hmm. It gives that tone of, of building towards collaborating. Right. And it, it kind of opens that door to collaboration. I like that. And that 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 is the last part of our right conflict resolution technique, collaborating. Yeah. And do you have some other phrases where we can encourage that? Yeah. So so we started with right, we started with the active listening, right? Just mm-hmm. to recap. And we're building to making our point and we wanted to be objective, use numbers if possible, be inclusive. And then you're opening the door to collaborating using like, can we, or let's, and then when we, when we get to collaboration, we want to really open more with the, we, the, the, can we, the let's, um, all right. Can we look at some, what if scenarios, or let's think about what, what's the best way that we can tackle this problem. 
Um, what do you think we can do to make sure that we don't find ourselves in this situation again? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like this one. Is it a crazy idea to think that, you know, what have you? And this is forcing the person to actually say no and agree. Like, no, that's not a crazy idea. Hey. I'm in line with you, right? Okay. Smart. Paula, is it a crazy idea to think that, you know, we, we can at least get part of this done today? Is that a crazy idea? No, I guess it's not. Yeah, you're right. It's not out of the realm. It's not insane. So at least now we're starting to, to, to come to some type of collaboration. And then we're opening the door to, okay, how can we do X, Y, and Z today? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like this other one. How can I support you? And yeah. you've talked about this for HR, right? Like everyone goes to HR and it's like, hey, fix my problem. I'm not going to tell you how. You figure it out. But this way, you're putting the responsibility also on the other person to suggest yeah. a solution. Like, how can I support you? What can I do to make this better? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly right. How can I support you? I think that's that's what can I do to help? What can I do to help? And, mm-hmm. and there, you're. This is more of yeah, you know, uh, it's on the other person to to come up with that if they have those those solutions. Um, but I think definitely in an HR Con- context where you're getting a lot of the problems all the time, this kind of puts the responsibility on, on the other person as well. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Okay. So for time's sake, let's just really quickly wrap up with culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so conflict across cultures, we've already talked about the different types of conflict. Um, but I mean, you just did a podcast on direct and indirect communication, and it's something we talk about a lot. How does conflict look across cultures? Very differently. (laughs) Very, very, very differently. So some cultures are more okay with conflict than others. Um, I don't know if if we're talking about the the conflict so much per se, but definitely how they approach conflict the conflict. So for example, people in Israel or France or Germany won't be scared to say, I don't agree. That's not how I see it. And they are very direct and straightforward. But then if you go to Japan or Thailand, it's very hard to hear no, or I disagree. In fact, they may say, the words may say, we agree, but the reality is totally different. So the way you deal with conflict is also different. I feel tone should always be positive for sure, but the way we communicate our energy is definitely different. And what do I mean by that? If you're arguing with someone from, from Israel, for example, or from France, you will notice that if you're dealing with conflict, they their faces look very, very, very serious mm-hmm. and almost almost like angry. So if you come with your super upbeat American tone <laughs> trying to deal with conflict, they might not come across the way you expect it. Right. It, it may come across like, whoa, something's really wrong, you know? And also in the in the intonation, in the voice, it's gonna be it's going to be loud. It's going to be in your face almost. Right. And that's what it's going to feel like if you're coming from, you know, yeah, an American uh, context or uh, Eastern Asian context, it's going Mm -hmm. to really feel that way. Um, How do we deal with it? If we are, you know, trying to resolve some type of conflict in, in the East, I mean, if we're, we're looking to more kind of indirect 
communication how do we how do we go about dealing with that i mean there's it's it's pretty difficult right if you're coming from a more direct culture i agree so here in general when there are cultural differences i think the best or when you're working with multicultural teams there are some preventive measures that you can take and one of them yeah. is clearly expressing how you usually communicate and how you like to communicate so you can tell people hey listen i'm very direct i i try my best i don't want to offend anyone but that's just how i am if yeah. i ever say anything that hurts you please let me know we'll try to find that common ground that we're trying to look for so that that can save a lot of issues yeah. Yeah. If just by saying that and then do research. So are you do you have a, one of your um, team members is from Japan and try to, you know, try to read up on how they deal with conflict, how they communicate. Yeah. Um, in general, as a rule of thumb, I tend to say that you have to find somewhere in the middle. So if you are an, an American communicating with a Japanese, try to find a little bit of like common ground and the American would probably have to be a little bit more subtle. And then the Japanese will try to be a little bit more aggressive than what right. they are. Right. And, and and I think you raised such a good point around, you know, taking the preventative measures, right? Um, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, like, you know, I'm from an American background. So, you know, I, I might be a little bit more direct. Um, you know, I don't mean to offend anybody. It's just, you know, cultural differences, but ultimately we want you know to find a solution i think mm -hmm. that it really shows that you're considering cultural differences not as a a negative or or better or worse but just different and mm -hmm. ultimately you're trying to in the other way around as well so if you're from a more direct and and confrontational culture communicating then you may want to tell them hey listen i know i'm very direct but please don't don't take it personally that's just how i speak but yeah. then if you're a very indirect person it also happens that you may be expressing your point and people are not listening to you well it's not that they don't listen to you but if you say i think you may want to consider this or i think you may yeah. want to think about this very common in the uk the German colleague might say, great, I thought about it and mm -hmm. I didn't like the idea. So I just moved yeah. on with what I was doing. So yeah, learning about how other people communicate, being open about it and saying, hey, listen, I culturally communicate more indirectly, but please understand that when I say you may want to consider X, I actually mean, this is what I would love for yeah. you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as well, I always say, you know, you can get a you can get a uh, cultural informer where you can you can ask someone else, you know, if if you're having a yeah, you can ask a German colleague, hey, like, how, how would you suggest I, I approach this? Like, how would you approach it? Right. And, and, and that might help as well to get some some assistance in that. Um, but again, it, it shows a lot if you're coming at it from a, a place of awareness right um yeah and and then try to adapt i always find it super funny when i moved from um so when i moved to the us the first time people told me oh you're very fiery <laughs> you know like oh you're very feisty you're always like super assertive and then now that i'm in spain many people tell me oh you're so diplomatic i was yeah. like i don't know what i am anymore yeah, you know exactly. so you really are <laughs> yeah 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 it's the same for me i mean when I come to the to to Denmark, I'm all, like at least when I when I first got back here, I, I was just 
sitting around the table thinking, wow, like, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't like me or she doesn't like me. And then, you know, now it's much more normal. And then when I talk with my American uh, friends, uh, I kind of sometimes think that I'm a bit rude in their eyes, like I'm very <laughs> direct. And, and yeah, I think it is just kind of, it's just those differences, um, mm-hmm. which we love. We love those differences. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think this is always a great topic to touch on. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I liked it. It wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that harsh, this topic. No, no, no it's, still, it's still a nice Friday. It's still a good Friday. <laughs> but can you kind of give uh, everyone listening a quick overview of what we went through? Yes, absolutely. So some quick tips for resolving a misunderstanding. Nip it in the bud. Try to address it as quickly as possible before it becomes something bigger and it snowballs. And try to find the underlying reasons um, of like, okay, why is this actually happening? Where does this? Where is this coming from? Then make sure that the timing is right. Try to understand the other person and what moment it is for them and what they're going through and, you know, in their day and try to find the best moment for the success of, you know, the situation and, and look at the setting. So try to find a quiet spot and make sure that people won't bother you. And if treat it as human as possible, make it look like a real conversation. So yeah. those are the three main tips. Nip it in the bud choose the right timing and choose the right setting. Um, and then we do have a three-step strategy to deal with conflict in English. The first one is active listening. And you explained the RASA technique, receive, appreciate, summarize, and ask. Number two was making your point, making your point first by finding common ground, um, using objective points like actual examples and numbers and facts, and then be inclusive and positive with can we or let's that shows you know there you're willing to collaborate and yeah the last bit is use some collaborative phrases like can we look at some what ifs scenarios or um we're both problem solvers so how can we best tackle this situation and then my favorite one is how can i support you what's the best mm-hmm. way for you know for us to solve this and always remember that we're all different different cultures deal with you know, conflict differently. So do your research and always try to find that that common ground. Yeah. Great. Exceptional recap, Paula. Exceptional. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> great. Well, well, so for everyone listening, uh, definitely, you know, take these points into consideration. And, um, you know, this is something I think you can always fall back on if, if you feel like there's a conflict arising or, or something that you need to address um take a look at at the notes um that we have for the the podcast and listen and um hopefully it will help uh resolve some conflict hopefully it is positive uh conflict that will kind of lead towards a, a positive constructive resolution um because that's what we all want at the end of the day um all right anything else paula before we hop off on this wonderful friday no, if people are listening and they would like to join our free webinars, we keep hosting them every month. They weren't going to keep doing them together. People tend to appreciate yeah. that. And I think it's so much fun. We always have the chat open. So many people um, leave their comments and ask their questions. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave that in the, in the description. So, yeah, come say cool. hi.
All right. Yeah. Everybody come say hi. And as well, you know, keep writing in and, and um, let us know what you want to hear about. And um, let us know if, if you want a webinar about a certain topic, we'd love to do that. And yeah. I like that you mentioned that we listen and we read every single piece of feedback. We yeah. seriously do. Sometimes it gets, there's a lot of like, you know, night reading time um, space, but we do really listen to, to you. So let us know. Yeah, the whole Talera crew out there listening, um, you know, we're, yeah, just growing in, in numbers, which is really exciting and hopefully just adding value to, to everybody's day out there. So um, we're going to wrap it up on this awesome Friday uh, to everyone listening. Um, we hope that these points can be helpful. Um, and as always, keep learning. And that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember to subscribe to Talera Talks. We'll be back soon with more. And visit our website at talera.com for more valuable content on business English. You can also request a free consultation on the best ways for you and your team to improve your communication skills. So have a great day and keep learning.